Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan Brand Unis during my time. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Alex Meacham, Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, all professional and all that. Like, I think I got a, I used to have a suit on in my LinkedIn pic, but I think now it's my picture holding up my Jordan shoe. Mm. But I'm on LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. And because of my producer, Stu Holt, I will be joining TikTok. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm in for, but I will soon be joining TikTok. You know what? I'm a pretty good dancer. So I know they dance a lot on TikTok. So, the nation better prepare for these dance moves I got. I'm just going to let you all know that in advance. So, listen here. This is episode 50. Um, Episode 49, we kind of covered, you know, all these interviews that I've been doing with the the podcast. And I've I've had just a blast doing all these interviews. They're not going to stop. Got many more to come. But I kind of wanted to talk about the backstory of getting some of the interviews, what's the future of the podcast, and, and, and talk about all that. However, I really feel like I'd be doing a disservice if this episode I did not speak about what's going on in our country right now. And as many of you know, I mean, everybody knows you have to be under a rock if you're not familiar with uh, what's going on in our country, um, all the protests and, and rebellion going on right now, which pretty much the boiling point was was George Floyd and, and um, the incident he had, which was murder, flat out murder on video, which I really couldn't make it through. I watched maybe 35 seconds of that video. I still have not seen beyond 35 seconds. I know the outcome. Um, I didn't want to see that. It was just, it was terrible. And um, that was really the thing. I always tell people, I don't think George Floyd's event is the reason that everyone's protesting and rebelling. I think that was the one thing that put it over the top. And this has been going on for years. So I, I, I feel like this is a topic that has to be discussed on my podcast because I have the platform in a lot of ways to express how I feel and hopefully in many ways I can help create change. And I'm going to talk about it right now, but I also want you to know that I'm going to be about it. And I've got some things that I have planned to do to help make change. And I think in order for us to change what's going on in this country, we have to really approach things at a local level. Um, I have a platform. I don't, I don't have, I'm not claiming to have the, the biggest platform in the world. I'm not claiming to have all the answers. But I'm claiming that, that I can have an impact locally on my platform. And if I can do that, and that could be duplicated by 10 more people here in this town, <clears throat> 10 more people somewhere else, it starts to grow and it starts to spread all over the country and then we start to see change positive change because I, I think and this is one thing I want to talk about and my producer Stu, Stu Holt's gonna come in here shortly and, and, and help me with this I really want to hear his insight as well but I just think there's just so many levels to this especially with racism um, 
systemic racism, police brutality. There's just so many levels. Once things like this happen, you start to see a separation of who's who. Um, you see people that are in the fight to stop this. Um, you see people that just, I mean, bluntly are just uninformed. They may not be bad people at, at the core, but they're just uh, uninformed. And it, it, bizarre to me how you could be uninformed in 2020 with what's going on, but they are. And, and in some ways, I will say this, um, it's, it's up to a lot of these uninformed people to now start to take the time to get educated. Um, a, a lot of black folks for years have been trying to educate many people on what's going on and it's fallen upon deaf ears and some people just need to start educating themselves to make our country better. So I want to dive into um, some topics um, related to this. I know, I know this is a Bearcat basketball podcast and I don't want to hear shut up and dribble. <laughs> You're not going to tell me to shut up and dribble. Um, like um, that lady did to LeBron James, which I thought was very inappropriate. And if you really think about this, Bearcat fans, um, we go to Bearcat basketball games. And if you look at the makeup of UC's teams over the years, UC's coaching staff, you know, there are a lot of young black men. And I, I was telling somebody this the other day, so many people love black culture. I think they confuse the love of black culture with what's going on and in, in the, in the racism that's out there. They're like, oh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not racist. I don't have anything against black people. I, I love Bearcat basketball. You know, I love this and that. Yes, you love black culture, but it's time now that people start loving black issues. Plain and simple. If you love watching Trey Scott play, if you loved watching Kenyon Martin play, uh, Nick Van Exel, those are black men that deal with black issues every single day of their life. And it's important now that, Bearcat fans, I know you love Kenyon Martin. And the issues that he has to face, he has to raise his children and, and have different conversations with his children than maybe some people have with their children that they don't face. It's time we start showing love for these black issues. I'd like to bring in now my producer, Stu Holt, and I want to say this before I bring him in. Um, this podcast is not possible without him. Um, he, he allows me to use the equipment. Um, he produces it, um, helps me to get it um, posted. And uh, this, this podcast and so much of this great content uh, would not happen without Stu. So thank you, Stu. I'd like to bring in my guy, Stu Holt. Good, good. Very good. Very good. <clears throat> Thanks for having me, Mitch. No problem. For those that don't know you, uh, Tell us about yourself real quick. Uh, I am a basketball coach at One Hills High School. I also coach AAU as well. Um, we also have a company, Good Media Studios, where we do videography, photography, audio, print. And we also have a podcast, Mitch, the Good Podcast. So, and that releases every Monday. How, so. can, how can they absorb this podcast and this content? So this content now is on, uh, you can go to IG and follow us on the Good Network, also on Twitter as well. And uh, we're also on Spotify, and we're on Apple Podcasts, so good. 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 <laughs> we, we said that in sync. Uh, that was perfect timing. Oh, um, Stu, how old are you? I'm 25. 25. 25. You are a young black man. I am. And I want to get your perspective of what is going on right now in this country 
from a young black man's perspective? Mm. You know, it's crazy because, you know, it really makes you, me even reflect, you know, and really think about a lot of different things and take a look in the mirror and just really, just really try to comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not something that what's going on right now. It's not like, um, we're not surprised. Right. I, I agree with that. You know what I mean? We're not surprised if we're not caught off guard, you know, it's something that we know that based off of experience that it's been going on for a very long time, you know, um, what I have been saying is people are starting to take more notice. Yeah. Uh, I think with social media and with, um, you know, COVID-19 and all that, it just created a, a mixture of, uh, where now people are paying attention, you know, and, I don't know, Mitch. It's interesting, man. It, it really is. It really is, man. So let me let me ask you this question. So um, the George Floyd murder happens. Mm-hmm. Did you think at that point? Because we've seen this before, right? We've seen this movie. We, we we've seen the movie of the cop. The cop gets maybe charged, mm-hmm. and the cop gets off. Mm-hmm. There's uproar. Back to same old, same old. Yeah. This felt very different. Very different. From day one. You know, George Floyd's daughter, um, I think it was maybe like two or three days ago, was at one of the protests. And she was sitting, standing, or whatever you call it, on Steven Jackson's shoulders. Yeah, I saw that. Steven Jackson, former um, NBA player, um, now doing a lot of media. And... She looked around. Do you remember what she said? Daddy changed the world. Daddy changed the world. That to me right there was so powerful. And so my question to you is, I'm building this up. This felt different. And one of the reasons it felt and looked different to me was it wasn't just black people that were upset and black people protesting. There were white people all over America that were outraged. And this is the first time that I have seen that in my lifetime. Right. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Yeah, no doubt. You could definitely see it. And I'm telling you, I think a big part of it is I think a lot of times um, the busier you are, the easier it is for to forget or not notice or not really comprehend what's going on. Right. And so I think once again, with the COVID-19 and the, the pandemic and things being shut down for a lot of people, I think a lot of people, um, were, they paid more attention. Yeah. And yeah. they felt it more um, because we weren't all so super busy and distracted that. That's a good point. You know, we were able to, everybody was able to see it. Like, man, is this... This has always been going on like that. You know what I mean? Like that, no, that's a really good point because the the, the I, I I'm not like a I, I don't, I'm not like a overanalyzer. I'm not a super religious person, but it's like you look at the timing of all this. The pandemic kind of shut things down, mm-hmm. and it caused you to pay attention to certain things, probably more so than we we have in the past because you know there's not, not much else to do. A lot of people aren't back to work, and then this happens, and there's protest everywhere. And not saying that people wouldn't have protested anyway, mm-hmm. but 
this was the main focus and yeah. people, you know, some people aren't working. So they're, they're able to go out there mm-hmm. and, and, and protest. Yeah. But, but how beautiful has it been to see black men, black women, black children with white men, white women, white children, Asian folks, Indian folks, people of all cultures yeah. walking the streets Stand, I mean, I, I, and I'm going to say this. I drove through a very wealthy area in Cincinnati where it's predominantly white. And I saw two houses in their yard, big signs that said Black Lives Matter. Hmm. And I stopped my car and I said to myself, I, I know who lives there. I don't personally know them, but I know who they are because of they're kind of popular because of their business. I didn't expect them to have a black lives matter. It was so powerful to me. Mm. And I think what gets lost in this, and we have to remember this, <clears throat> Stu, is, is we start this, this kind of this battle of trying to make change. Um, black folks have been screaming for years. Now it seems like there are many, many white folks that want to help. And we have to open that door and let them in. And there are going to be a group of white people that feel threatened. They're like, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not racist. Like, and I feel, like, I feel like, like there's some white people that are good at heart that feel their threat. Like, I'm not racist. Don't think I'm. And they fight you on racism. So it's kind of a, you know what I'm talking about? It's mm-hmm. kind of a bizarre thing. Yeah. But I think we have to let those in that want to fight that fight and mm-hmm. say, come walk this walk with us. They're good people. Right. Let's fight this fight together. Right. We have to make sure that we're not trying to be uh, the gatekeepers to who can create change. Yes. You yes. know, because some people, like you said, they're, they're really, they're good-hearted people, and they don't want you to think, like, like you said, oh, I'm racist off that. And if, if we take their uh, lack of understanding for, oh, the racist. Right. Then once again, we're being gatekeepers, and those could be people who really can create change, yep. but they they just might need a little bit more understanding. Great point, um, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Why don't you why don't you give your thoughts on the Drew Brees, yeah, Brees situation? You know, Drew Brees, man. He 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 went on social media, had an interview, and said what he said, and a lot of people are like canceled. You know, we gotta make sure yeah, we're this is cancel culture. <laughs> Drew Brees got canceled. I'm like, dang, everybody get going to get canceled then because. <laughs> If he he just doesn't understand, there's a difference between somebody who's racist and somebody who just lacks understanding or emotional intelligence. For sure, you know, and I think that's what it was with him. He just didn't understand. For sure, Um, he he didn't have the the EQ for the situation. Um, It's empathy. He didn't have empathy for the situation. But you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be like that because. If you don't grow up experiencing something, mm-hmm. you can't expect people like that to automatically feel what you feel. Absolutely. You know, and you, you might have to educate them. You might have to lead them in the right direction. But we have to make sure that our frustration, which is understandable, mm-hmm. but we have to make sure that that does not lead to us uh, kicking people out without giving them a chance of, you know, being in. So. I mean, I'm totally in agreement with you because, you know, I get on Facebook and um, I'm pretty outspoken as far as where I stand with with things. And Mm -hmm. and I'm outspoken in a lot of ways where I have friends that don't speak at all about issues, whereas I do because 
um, I've been fortunate enough to, to um, earn a platform where I can voice my opinion to change things. And I'm a positive person. Um, and I've posted things and people have made comments and sometimes they frustrate me with their comments. Mm -hmm. But I have to step back and I'm like, okay, I know that guy or girl. I know they're not a bad person. I know they don't have a bad heart. But gosh, they have no idea what people are going through. Like, mm. um, in particular, one person on the Facebook made a comment about all lives matter. Why has it got to be black lives matter? This isn't a race issue. It absolutely is a race issue. P police brutality with black males is an issue. Mm -hmm. Systematic racism is an issue. Um, the, the plight of a black woman is an issue. Speaking of that, a black woman, she not only faces discrimination for being black, but for discrimination for being a woman. Mm -hmm. Double whammy. Mm -hmm. um, those are issues, and we can't be blind to that. I told one person on Facebook, I know you're a good person. I know you have a good heart. This is about race. You need to understand some different things, and we need to pull you in. We need your help. That's why I told him, we yeah. need your help. Mm -hmm. um, I think when we do that, the good people will come in. They will come in. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you this story. So I was DMing back and forth with a guy who has totally different political views than me, which is fine. And we, we, we discuss things. I, I, we, we differ politically, um, but we get along, um, which doesn't happen too much in this society. Yeah. You're either on one side of the street or another, but mm -hmm. I know he's a, I know he's a good dude, but his political views differ than mine. Um, from a, I mean, he has an economic plan and ideas, um, that, that kind of drive out his political stance. My stuff's very social, um, you know, with society and what's going on. And I said to him, I said, Hey, in order for us to make change, we need you. We need you in. We need all hands on deck. Are you in? His response to me was, I, I, I've always been in. I, 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 I do stuff now. And I said, wow, awesome. What, what do you do? I, I didn't know this. And he goes, well, I, I treat people with respect. Um, he goes, I have no problem with, with black people. He says, I, I treat them with respect. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's it? And he's like, yeah, that's all you need to do. And I said, that's the safe thing to do. What you're telling me is, I don't have a problem with you across the street. I'm going to stay over here. You stay over there. Mm. I said, we need you coming across the street. Mm. We need to have conversation. We need you when you see something wrong to come help say, hey, I agree with these folks. This is wrong. Let's create change. Mm. You agree with that? I do agree with that, man. I really do. Because, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, you know, like you said, I'm doing, I, I, don't, I treat everybody the same and, you know, I don't, I don't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? But there comes a time when you have to come down the stairs, mm -hmm. you know, and you got to step out of your comfort zone. And you actually got to get your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? You got to get your hands dirty, man, because it's like you we, neutralness, you know, being neutral, you know, once again, it's safe. And it's like, OK, well, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a mistake. I'm not gonna do nothing. So I won't be. But at the same time, you know, that's not where change happens. Right. Change happens when you step out of that zone. Right. Right. And you really get your hands and your feet dirty, man. So um, that's what we need more of. We need more people who are willing to step out of their comfort zone, come out of the house. Yep. You know, and actually try to create some change, man. So. And I, and I think there's going to be there's going to be different levels to to help the change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think. Um, there are things that I need to do better. Um, right. One of the things that I need to do better personally, and I want to get your opinion of what you feel like you need to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, what I need to do better is this. I'm very vocal um, about, um, gosh, a lot of things, but in particular with, with racism, systematic racism. Um, I'm very vocal about that. I, I, I say what I feel. Um, also, I'm involved with, trying to make change. I, I go do a lot of stuff in the community. I try to stay active. I work with young people, try to create a positive image. But one thing that I've noticed with all this is I was sitting back and I'm looking at my Rolodex of people that I know. And I know some pretty heavy hitters in this city, both from an um, economic standpoint and a political standpoint. And I'm like, I can get in the room with these folks. I can sit them down. I can tell them, and I can bring people with me, which I don't want to be just me. I want to bring people with me and talk to them and say, listen, dog, you're, you're a politician. You're in position to make change. Let me tell you what we feel right now. How can, how can we make this better? And, and, and the way I look at it from a, a chess move standpoint is I know people that help fund a lot of politicians. They're big money people. I want those big money people to go with me because they're helping getting these folks elected. So if I'm sitting there and the big money person who I know is gonna be you know, on my side of, of what I'm talking about and we're talking to this politician, they better listen. Mm-hmm. Damn right they better listen. Mm-hmm. Now I don't claim, Stu, I don't know everything. I'm all ears, I wanna listen. I might have mm-hmm. ideas. But I'm going to express what I see and, right. and try to figure out. So how I can change, I need to get into some of these rooms that maybe other people can't get into mm-hmm. and bring some people with me and, and help voice my opinion and help say I want to help make that change. Mm. What about yourself? You know, for me, man, um, I know there's things that, for example, we all have something. Right. We all have something that we do, something we take pride in, something that we enjoy doing, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a whatever. Right. And something that I always tell players all the time is that a lot of times we fail not because of what we don't have, but because of what we don't use. Hmm. Right. And that goes for a lot of sports teams or even players specifically. A lot of times we have way more inside of us that we never put to use. Right. Right. And so, you know, for me as a basketball coach, man, I know I've always tried to, you know, have conversations and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, I know that I want to, uh, as a coach, as somebody who's in media, um, I definitely want to spark the conversations of people who uh, there's so many kids who are smart, intelligent, and they hold stuff in. Right. They hold stuff in and they don't want to say anything that's wrong. They won't. They don't know if their thoughts are wrong. Um, and I why, think why that, is that? Well, 
they're still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So when something happens like this and, you know, we're older. So but when you're still trying to figure the world out, how do you comprehend something like this? You don't want to say anything wrong. You know, with social media now, with social media now, you say cancel. And so now you don't want to be canceled (laughs) among your friend group. Some kids know kids that's like. They be probably saying some some stuff they shouldn't say, right. and it's like I'm friends with them, but then I'm also friends with them. Now I'm stuck in the middle. If I say something, either way, right? Either way, we we actually are going to have an episode called that for the group. It's called either way because it's like if I say something, cancel. If I don't say something, cancel. cancel. Either way, I'm yeah. canceled. And so a lot of kids, man, they don't know what to do because they're stuck in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Some of them have parents. You know, and and as. You work with young people, mm-hmm. and I work with young people, and both of us are very positive people. And I think you're in an interesting situation because our, our, actually our two situations are, are pretty much the same. Um, I have over 30 basketball teams, and we have very diverse groups of kids. You were here earlier mm-hmm. um, with our teams working out. Yeah, There were kids from everywhere. everywhere. Am I right? I kept asking, like, where are he from? Where are he from? Oh, man, okay. Um, everywhere. Black, white, rich, poor Mm -hmm. there was a muslim kid i mean we got kids from everywhere Mm. you are coaching and went to i think one of not only the great great schools Mm -hmm. in cincinnati not only because of the education but i think the diversity at that school walnut hills yeah man you have a platform of coaching and influencing these kids which is a wonderful thing it is man you know at at walnut like like you were just saying with your teams you literally have every type of person every type of person like literally and it's like it's a beautiful thing it really is and that's it's the same with the basketball teams or the sports in general you get all types of kids from all different backgrounds that comes together and forms these these relationships which is crucial that's why we say sports is important yep right and when situations like this sports is crucial yep. because you know you have this common okay we all love basketball cool yep. we already got one thing right now we can use that one thing to spark these conversations to form these relationships because how do you how do you understand somebody that you've never been around right and so this really does help when you have a diverse group of kids because now they're able to. I had a kid on my, my AAU team who was like, I never, I never really hang around white people. And I was like, huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know what, though? He goes to all-black school. Yeah. Right? That's... And so literally, I mean, who else? He lives in an all-black neighborhood. I mean, I'm like, dang, yeah. I mean, when would you? You know? And so, but... Now he's on a, an AU team where there's a, a bunch of different type of kids, and, and now he's friends with them. Yeah. And, he, and I'm like, see, that's the beautiful thing about it. But, you know, at first he's like, I don't know if I really trust, you know. I don't, sure. You know, and sure. then he's not sure. And right. so I had to tell him, like, man, you know, that's just your environment that you were raised in, right? That's what you're used to. But you just got to you got to try to understand other people, get around other people, right, and integrate with people, you know, so that we can learn each other. You know what I mean? And have that understanding, have that empathy, because then you'll start having, oh, okay, I can sympathize with you now because I get it. Yep. I get it, you know, so. That is true. I'm going to tell you a story just Mm -hmm. to kind of piggyback what you're saying. So when you're on a team and, um, you know, you're kind of in that, you're in that battle together. um, So that person that's on your left and right, doesn't matter where they come from. Um, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. That, that stuff doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're there for, for one goal. And I was fortunate enough to, to play 
you know, for, for the University of Cincinnati. And we had, I mean, you look at Kenyon Martin, Reuben Patterson, Steve Logan. I mean, these guys are coming from the hood. Um, and I got along with them so well because I grew up playing in the hood with, you know, with hoops. You, you got to go to hood and hoop, you know, back yeah. in the day. So that, I, I, you know, there, there was no transition for me there. Um, but I tell you what, and, and I've shared this, I think I've shared, I don't think I've shared this story on my, on my podcast, but I've talked about this before. Um, two of my teammates on the Bearcats team, uh, I'm not going to mention their names, um, but two of them, uh, we went to Hyde Park. And at the time, there was a bookstore, I want to say it was Barnes & Noble in Hyde Park. And we went in there. One of my teammates is 6'10". Okay. I'm not going to say their names, but I think people will be able to do the math. Mother teammate, um, he's about 6'2". Uh, the 6'10 guy, light-skinned black dude. 6'2", whatever guy, dark-skinned black dude. Then there's me, and we're in Barnes & Noble. We were actually going in there to look at some sports magazines um, because I can't remember. Because, we, you know, we didn't have the Internet like that back in the day. But I, I think there was like an article um, about the Bearcats in one of the magazines. And we wanted to go check it out. So we're in there, and guys are like looking at different magazines, just the three of us. And there was a white lady in there, an older white lady who didn't work there. And she was watching us, watching us, watching us. And my one teammate... Um, He's pretty outspoken, and he will let you know. And he looked at her, and he goes, what is your problem? Because he knew. This, he knew this movie and this scene. And she goes, I know you guys are getting ready to steal. And he looked at her, and he was like, what did you say? And I went, oh, boy. She goes, I've been in here before, and, and you guys just come in here and steal. And, 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 and she goes, what, what ticks me off is the staff here that works here doesn't pay any attention. And you guys just steal and walk out. And I have to pay for, I have to pay for my magazine, my books, and you guys steal. And this is when I stepped in. And I, my t oh, man, they were furious. And I said to her, I said, lady, I said, I want to tell you something. I said, these two guys are on my team. I said, they ain't here to steal. I said, in fact, this guy right here probably will be the number one draft picked in the NBA. This guy right here is going to play in the NBA. Together or even individually, they will have more money than you ever will in your life. But which wasn't even the point. Mm -hmm. But I wanted her to know, like, you sitting here stereotyping these guys. So she, she begins to carry on and we leave and um, put the magazines up, we left. And we get in the car, my one teammate is still furious, my other teammate was like, Psh, bro, this was every day back home. Everywhere we went, this is what happened all the time. People watching us. Sometimes they wouldn't accuse us, sometimes they would. And I'm like, the crazy thing is, people don't understand that there's some people, and, and my one teammate, Stu, that was dark skin, he, he faced a different level than my friend that was light skin. He was telling me that being dark skin, he always felt like people thought he was evil, like he was mean, like dark skin dudes were, were, were more mean than light skin. Light skin guys were nice. 
that's a whole nother level of mm-hmm. this is a conversation we had in the car yeah but you know what it is man what it is is that you gotta think about it i think that a lot of times the more uh similar it is to you the more comfortable you are to it so someone who is uh who is a a white male you know to them a light-skinned male may seem less threatening than a dark-skinned male bingo because it's more similar to them agreed you know and because of that now this can be portrayed subliminally and different messages on media and stuff like this to where even as a kid you start seeing it because kids catch on to things you know they learn their best by watching right and if they're watching media or they're on social media now and there's not somebody to explain to them what they're looking at now as a young kid they are left to interpret it on their own which you know they're not really probably going to make the best you know whatever when it comes to that so for young kids, man, it's like I always say we're always planting seeds. You know, you got to be careful what you say to kids, what you say around kids. And then you got to try to be there to help them understand things that they are witnessing when no one else is around. Yeah. You know, the news, social media is a huge one. Yep. Right. That's where a lot of kids learn about the world. Yep. You know, that's with, how they absorb the con- their content. Yeah. yeah. And so because of that, man, it's like now they're left to interpret the world. And that's why I said a lot of them are not sure what's going on. They don't know what to think, what to say, because they're, they're trying to interpret their situation. And it's tough. You know, Stu, one of the one of the greatest things I think my parents ever did was listen. L- listen, I'll tell you this. Growing up, my brother and I, my brother, Tony, who's seven years older than I am. He lives in Florida now. But my parents never talked about diversity mm. okay that we never had a conversation of hey you got to make sure you're talking to people go you know learning different codes they never talked to me about that you know what they did mm. they showed me mm. and i'm gonna tell you how they showed me my mother um is uh, i mean a brilliant mind uh, my mom has been in well she's not anymore she retired but she's been in fashion design for 40 some years Uh, my mom studied in paris um studied in new york um she knows ralph lauren Mm -hmm. um she was head of dap at the university of cincinnati and through that um at my house growing up we had a group of japanese people come to my house because being in fashion um there were a lot of different um um i guess dresses and coats and things they were making and fabric um japan at the time had a lot of the fabrics that she needed so we had people over the house that were japanese my parents would have me sit there i would listen to these folks i learn about their culture and watch my mom and dad interact with them now my mom had to bring a bunch of people from india over because indian had the dyes for the clothes so I met people from Madras, like all over India. We would eat their food. They would bring their food to the house. So I learned how much um, food meant to Indian folks. Like rice is such a big part of every you know, meal they eat, the music they listen to. I learned so much about that. Um, my dad, when I was young, um, I don't know if this was strategic or what, but... 
my dad dropped me off at a place called the Hearst Recreation Center on Reading Road, dead in the hood. Mm-hmm. Took me out, dropped me off and said, you're on this rec team in here. Go in there. I'll pick you up later. Walked in. Everybody from the hood. Coach Willie C. Jackson was my coach. Every single dude was from the hood, and I'm hooping with them. Mm. Then I'm going to a school, Seven Hills, Doherty, majority white folks. So to me, I'm seeing Japanese folks, Indian people. I'm in the hood playing hoop. I'm at a very, very elite level school. And everybody to me just sound, I mean, it was like everybody was the same. And to me, they showed me. Mm. Um, and I thank them for that every day. So I think like my attitude and my mentality today is a result of my parents showing me mm. like there's so many beautiful cultures. Let's celebrate them. Mm. They don't think, tell me, go hang out with this black dude, go hang out with this Chinese. I'm hanging out with whoever I want. Mm. And see, that's the good thing, man, because, see, I went to a, the elementary school I went to, diverse. The high school I went to, diverse. Uh, there's been teams that I played for when I was younger that were all black, teams that were all white, teams that were a mixture, you know. So I think my parents did a good job with that as well, mm. of mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, I was surrounded and I experienced different cultures. You know what I mean? Because that really is, that's really huge, man. It that's is. really huge. And I think if more people, there, I've, so I've got this, I developed the three C's. Mm-hmm. And I've, when I talk to our players and our teams, I've got these three C's. Um, first of all, uh, we need to communicate. Mm-hmm. We need to do a better job communicating with people. I asked our players, how many times have you been in a classroom or somewhere and there's people on your left and right and you don't talk to them? Mm-hmm. You don't communicate. Let's, let's start to communicate more. Mm-hmm. Second, And this is an important piece, and I think sometimes kids struggle. We gotta sympathize. And I think it's important for us to understand other cultures. And I was telling, I was talking to our team, and I said, let's say, I pointed to one of our white players, and I said, let's say you have a kid next to you that has long dreadlocks, and you're talking to him, ask him. What's up with the dreadlocks? Is that, you know, what's the deal? Like, there's nothing wrong with asking them. They'll mm-hmm. tell you. Mm-hmm. It might be a cultural thing. And from that point, once you understand, you sympathize, then celebrate. Mm-hmm. We need to celebrate other cultures and people. Like, mm-hmm. for example, think about this. I don't mean to get, like, super deep, but mm-hmm. think about this, too. <clears throat> we celebrate Christmas as a country um, that's, that's probably the one holiday, like it's just so big, right? Mm-hmm. And I know people that are Jewish. Um, I know people of different religions, people that, um, uh, that celebrate Kwanzaa and Hanukkah that tell their friends, Merry Christmas, because Christmas is what they celebrate. So they're celebrating that for them. Hey, Merry Christmas. How many people say to Jewish folks that are not, hey, happy Hanukkah, even though you're not Jewish. Mm. How many folks have you told happy Kwanzaa? Mm. Or let alone how many white folks even know what Kwanzaa is? Right. Like, I think that's back to, back to celebrating. Right. Um, and we, I think we've got to do a better, I think we've got to do a better job of those, 
those three things. And if we continue to do that, I think we, we start heading the right direction. No, I completely agree. And a big part of that is before you can celebrate something, you have to educate yourself on it. Yeah. Right? Because if you don't know the different, oh, okay, this is what you believe. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what you believe. Mm-hmm. Now I can celebrate that with you. Right. Right? But that really starts with as well, like you said, is communication. And what I always say is lack of communication leaves room for interpretation. Yep. And so when you don't communicate with somebody, I've seen one time two people, and they were almost like looking at each other like, you know, almost with some hostility. <laughs> and the one person was like, man, why are you looking at me like that? Right. And the other person, guess what they said? Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah. So now, yeah, no. <laughs> no, they both thinking the other person is, now, if y'all just went and communicated, you know, and they, were, they knew each other, so it was cool. But, you know, a lot of times, man, we're, we're all looking at each other. Yeah. And nobody's saying a word. Yeah. So now we're creating That's, these things in our mind. Yeah. We're interpreting the situation. That's, yeah. That's Each person good. thinks the other person is mad at them. That's like, good. Like, oh, they, 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 they think I'm racist. Right. Oh, no. Uh, oh, they must be looking at me because they are racist. Yeah. If y'all just talk, y'all will realize, oh, we both tripping. Yep. You know, we both we're cool, both you know. And so That's a great point. But communication bridges that gap That's so that we, everybody's point. not left with just interpreting the situation. Because a lot of times if we just interpret it, we go automatically to the negative. Yep. It's usually That's not a positive. Great, great point. Best, maybe the best point so far of the podcast. Um, also say this. One thing that bothers me. When I read people that post stuff on maybe even my social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, and say, I don't see color. Um, I don't look at it as like black or white. And and to me, I say bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay. You should see color. That's, that's not the point of all this. Mm -hmm. The the point is not to say, I don't see color because when you see a black man, you see a black man, you know, he's black, (laughs) black, especially (laughs) right. (laughs) Like if somebody, I just always tell people, I'm like, all right. If somebody, if somebody took your stuff and the cops was like, I need to know. Oh. Who took it? Describe the person. And you'd be like, you know what? He was tall. You know what I mean? He had this on. They'd be like, what color was he? Sorry, cop. I don't see color. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to be like, oh, we can't help you, man. I don't see color. Don't see that's, color. That's your stuff good. is just taken in, and it's not, you're not going to get that's, your stuff back. That's too good. But that's, that's true. And there's nothing wrong with seeing someone and be like, that is a black man. Right. And you know what? Um, I celebrate that black man. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we could start. I, and I, trust me, I I don't know how I don't know how to say this. I'm usually like at least decent with with being eloquent with what I say, but I don't know the way to say this. But all the stuff that ha- has happened with George Floyd, I think is is going to be for the good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to get us in a better direction. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why this feels so different. I, I, I kind of do know why it feels, but it just feels so different. And I feel like we're going to have some amazing conversations. We're going to have some amazing people step up and be leaders. Yeah. So I have for years said we don't have the Martin Luther Kings, the, you know, the Malcolm X's. And we don't have that like there was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think leadership and one thing, let me say this, too. It does bother me when people say, well, where are all the leaders in the black community? We don't ever say we're the white leaders. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're just they're, they're leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're, they're calming voices. Um, 
And I've seen a lot of celebrities, and that's and it's great to lean on celebrities because they have such a big platform. Right. But I've seen them step up, and and they're vocal. Um, and we and we need that. We need these people to be leaders and 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 help this help this next generation. I think this, Stu. I think this next generation of young people is going to be the best ever because sports, social media, and music have changed and are changing the world. Mm-hmm. Think about this. You can go to Woodward High School, which is predominantly black. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could go to Indian Hill High School, which is predominantly white. Go to a basketball game at both schools. You yeah. will hear the same, same music <laughs> being played for warm-ups. Am I right or wrong? You are 100% you coach right. high school basketball. 100% right. 100% right. Now, how can we then take that and then – and that's, that's the beauty about AAU basketball too because we're now – even though, even though maybe Wendell, who I know, goes to Woodward, plays basketball for Woodward. He's in a predominantly black school. He lives in a predominantly black neighborhood, but now he's on an AU team with kids from predominantly white areas, and now they're together. Mm-hmm. And Wendell's like, yo, you like, you like the baby? Mm-hmm. And they look at Wendell like, oh, you like the baby? And we're like, what's your favorite song? I'll spit some lyrics. And now the white guy's spitting lyrics. The black dude's like, oh, you're down. I'm fiving you up. That's exactly what happened. Like, we had an AU trip, right, last AU season. Mm -hmm. We were in a car, and there was two black kids in a car, one white kid, right? And so this is their first time, like, meeting each other for real. You know what I mean? Like, and Mm -hmm. so we're driving, right? And I'm like, um... They like, we doing the, who, go, who, go, who gonna have an ox? Who gonna have an ox? They like, let him have an ox. Let's see what he gonna play. Play some of your stuff, right? He started playing music. They was like, oh, you listen to, you, oh, you, oh. they was like, oh, I was like, yeah, you, you my favorite white boy now. You, yeah, so yeah, it's like, for sure. Now it's like, boom, boom, just like that. Boom. And I, and literally from that moment, you know, they stayed in the hotel room together and all of that. And it was, that was all it took, right? Because sometimes you just need to see like. Isn't that beautiful? Man. I thought you was going to play Blake Shelton or something. <laughs> <laughs> seriously? Uh, no, but seriously, though. No, and no, there's nothing wrong with Blake Shelton. I like Blake Shelton, right? And I, you know, and really? So, I don't. You don't, you don't listen to Blake Shelton? N- I listen. I miss not like no. I'm like 100% Blake Shelton, like I'm at the concert. <laughs> but, you know, there's a couple of songs, you know what I'm saying, that I, that he, I do he's, enjoy. He's on uh, The Voice. He is on The Voice. Right. I like him on The Voice. He's, he's pretty entertaining. He is. Um, he is. And so, but that but no. gap is just needed, man. And music is a big I, part of that, man, because it's a big part of sports. It, oh, my God. It's a part of the sports culture. Okay. That's, that's great. So, this is a, a basketball, Bearcat-specific podcast mm-hmm. in as much as we talk about Bearcat basketball, music plays such an important part for the players mm-hmm. on the Bearcats teams. And so many of those guys all listen to the same music. I mean, I can tell you right now, and every player when I played at UC will say the same thing. The soundtracks to my career at the University of Cincinnati were Master P, DMX and Tupac. Mm. Those were the three artists and albums that pretty much came out during my time and were consistently played. And the lyrics to the music really became kind of like our theme. Mm-hmm. And music was, was like, and we had Bobby Brandon, Ryan Fletcher, who were white guys. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And we had Kenyon, Melvin from the hood. But everybody's bumping Master P. Everybody's listening to DMX. Tupac Machiavelli album, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. And music was such an important part. Um, to, to, to that team and to the teams, even the UC basketball teams now. And you go to a basketball game. You go to UC basketball game. They're playing warm-up music. Yep. You, you can see Jeremiah Davenport dancing in every warm-up line to the music being played. Mm-hmm. What happens during timeouts? DJ E-Train at the UC basketball games is playing some hip-hop in a student section's going crazy. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yep. And I think, and the reason I want, so the reason I wanted to talk about this, Stu, on, on the Bearcat Basketball Podcast, and there might be some people that don't even want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, they might go, I don't care about that particular podcast. But I thought it was important because, one, I have the platform to discuss it and give my point of view, and I'd be doing myself and my family a disservice if I didn't because right. that's what I'm about speaking up. But also for the Bearcat fans to know, like, it's important for us to understand these and, and be a part of the black issues because the majority of the players on the court are black. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's important. And, and, and fans need to, to rally behind. And I, I think people like Coach Brandon and coaches all around the country are really going to step up to really push people to be a part of part of change. You agree with that? I agree, man. I agree. Like we said, man, there's definitely change um, that is happening. It's definitely different than what uh, it has been before. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of people uh, stepping up um, and taking on the challenge. So it's a yeah. good thing. It's definitely, definitely a good thing. So, And, you know, so I think one thing that happens, you made a great point earlier about sometimes like people like Drew Brees just aren't informed. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously – there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees can step up and say, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to learn. What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. I think if you do that, people are going to bring you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to see people do that. Right. Um, and people have made some uninformed comments, like the, the Broncos head coach. Mm-hmm. He said, which I still think of, of all this, one of, the, one of the more ignorant things, he said, I, I don't see racism or discrimination in the NFL. Holy shit, where have you been? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a minute, what? You're a head coach? Like, oh, man. to be a head coach, you have to be pretty smart. Yeah. Like, yeah. that, well, one, well, let me say this. I think it was great he said it because he's being honest, mm-hmm. and now we can now we can build upon that. We can learn from that. We can discuss that. Right. Okay. He needs to get better. Right. Period. Like yeah. the Rooney Rule, the Kaepernick situation. Right. Like that tells you right there there's issues, and people need to understand, Stu, that there are levels to racism. Like I, I I've had a conversation with with some white folks that think. Like, racism isn't just, they think of the extreme end of racism, Mm -hmm. like calling that person an N-word, somebody hanging, being lynched from a tree. Those are extreme ends of racism that are horrible. Mm -hmm. But there are other ends of the spectrum. Absolutely. 
Correct? Absolutely. Because there can be, like I, always, like I was talking, going back to the seeds, right? There can be seeds of something inside of someone that they don't even know is there. Yep. Because just like I was saying with kids, you know, we plant seeds inside of kids, right? And it's not like they know. As a coach, I always talk to kids about something that they may not be going through it right now, but I know they're going to go through it in the future. So I'm, I'm already planting those seeds. Right. And I'm not saying to them, guess what? I'm planting some seeds in you right now. I'm trying to help you in the future. They're going to be like, oh, okay, you're being weird. You right. know, back up. And so a lot of times, man, there's media, all of this stuff. There are seeds, there are thoughts, there are ideas, there are biases, there are stereotypes that are being put in our minds yeah. and we don't even realize it. So now it might not be full grown. Right. It might just be a little bit grown. Right. It might not be a big evergreen tree that's so big. It might just be a little, it's a little tree, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it's something there. Right. And so a lot of times we just have to reflect a lot of times to see, hmm, is there anything that you know, I've fallen into, you know, any seeds or thoughts from media and stuff, any stereotypes, mm-hmm. any biases. You know, I'm walking down the street. I see somebody. Oh, he's black. I'm across the street. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, seriously, though. You know, like little stuff like that. You know, why did I why did I do that? You know, why was I thinking like that? What did I see? What did I hear? What was in my subconscious mind that popped up that made me think that? You know what I mean? Yep. And so, but if I see somebody in a suit walking down the street, I'm like, I'm going to keep walking. You know, this yeah. dude with a suit. What yeah. are he going to oh. do? You know, right. but, you know, but that's the media, right? That's the media. And so and that's movies and stuff that we've been watching for all of mm-hmm. our lives, you know. And so these are things that are in our minds that we don't even really know it's there, yep. but it's there. Yep. It's there, you know. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting, man. It's definitely I, interesting. I, I think, crazy to say, mm-hmm. but... 2020, and it's so funny that 2020 just has a ring to it. Mm-hmm. 2020 is the year the world changed. Mm-hmm. The pandemic has changed the world. Yep. And what's going on right now has changed our country. And I also think it's changing the world. Yeah. Um, I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. I think sports will do a great job of bringing people together. Mm-hmm. I think music, you'll start to hear soundtracks, the, the Marvin Gaye type of songs, the, um, you know, like what's going on that Marvin Gaye sang and the songs that my favorite artist of all time, Stevie Wonder, um, talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to start hearing those that bring people together. Yeah. Um, we're going to have leaders step up, mm-hmm. black leaders, white leaders, Asian leaders to help bring things together. I've always yeah. said this. There's too many good people. Mm-hmm. Good. good. There's, <laughs> there's too many good people. No doubt. And if, if, if enough good people are all singing a song of love, it's just going to drown out those people mm-hmm. yelling hate. Yep. It's just, it's just, there's too many of us. Yeah, um, there is. There definitely is, man. Like I said, man, we, we have everything we need. Yep. We have everything we need, right? It's just, are we going to use it? Like I said, it's not that we don't have it, but will we use it? You know, will we use it? And mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. a, it's a crucial thing. And another thing, what you were saying with, you know, 2020 at the time right now, for a lot of people, they're like, man, 2020, this is terrible. <laughs> this Cancel is, it. This is, yeah, this, this is what needs to be canceled, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, so I'm a person of faith, right? And so, of course, not everybody is, mm-hmm. but, you know, so with my faith, right, there's something Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Good Friday 
is the day that uh, Jesus was crucified, put on the cross, mm-hmm. right? And so for a lot of people, I had somebody ask me like, okay, why is that called Good Friday again? Or, you know, and the reason why it's called Good Friday is not because of what happened, but what came out of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, like you were saying, 2020, I think a lot of people, 10 years from now, right now it seems like we need to cancel this right. year. Yep. But 10 years from now, I yep. think we'll look back and be like, that was a good year. We will. Because, not because of what happened, but because of what came out of it. Necessary, yes. What Fair. came out of it. I, so. I agree. Yeah. This, this was a big moment in, 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 in time, and I feel like if I don't step up, um, I'm doing not only myself with this service, but I think the next generation, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not helping them. And um, I know that so many people before me, my family and everybody have, have done so much to, I think, help put me in a good position. I need to be doing the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm going to try to rally people together, um, people that want to be a part of uh, making change. <clears throat> and I think there are a lot of people that are willing. And there are going to be people that want to help that you might not agree with. Mm. Remember that. Mm. But if we can pull them in yeah. and say, we may not agree on everything, mm-hmm. but if there, if there are 10 boxes and we're, we're good on like seven, we right. check off seven, that's good enough. Let's, mm. let's move forward and, and concentrate on that. We'll mm-hmm. figure out the other three later. Right. But uh, and, and you can't not want to... We, we need to build bridges. Yeah. Right. And what a shame it would be if we never built the bridge because we were trying to decide what color it would be. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, seriously, man. Yeah. And that's what that's what's happened a lot of times. We're trying to. Oh, I don't agree. Th- but at the end of the day, OK, we all want to create change. We yep. want. So let's communicate. Let's try to get things done. Let's not not do it because of the smaller, you know, disagreements. You know what I mean? Let's let's try to get it done. Let's try to get it done. And so. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, in politics, um, let's look at uh, Mitch McConnell. Are you familiar with Mitch McConnell? Uh, I don't know. So familiar. <clears throat> Mitch McConnell's in, in, in Kentucky, and he's, a, lot, a lot of people will tell you that he, he runs the country, that um, he, he does a lot. He does more than Trump. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what I feel. I'm just saying that's what a lot of, a lot of people say. But mm-hmm. um, with Mitch McConnell, um, who is a white man, um, who I feel is not – very cultured. Um, I'm just going to be brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's that's the type of guy that I don't and I don't know Mitch McConnell's heart. Like I don't I don't really know him like that. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy based on what he's said in the past, some of his actions. I think it, I would love to see him. Somebody take him to a black barbecue. Okay, follow me on this. Mm-hmm. An all-black barbecue. Drop them off and say, go enjoy, celebrate. Have them eat the food that black folks are eating at that barbecue. Listen to the music. Get, get, get in there and do the Cupid Shuffle, whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like I don't think he's experienced that. Now, I could be wrong, but... Mm-hmm. B- but that's that's what I'm talking about when we we got to walk across the street and we got to go celebrate. Yeah, that's part of that. If he was to go do that and others were to go do that, yeah. and, I, and 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 when I'm and when I'm using him as an example, I'm just going off of what I 
I kind of know from what other people told me about him that he's just not had those cultural experiences. Mm-hmm. And if we all made the effort to do that, gosh, man, we'd be getting, we'd be getting so much further along. But mm-hmm. listen, I can only do so much. I'm going to make sure I, I do as much as I can. And I know you will. No I, doubt. I know, I know you no will. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, Well, yeah. I think we uh, – I think we said a lot of good stuff. I think, I think it was good. Very uh, good. Some people, some people will really enjoy this podcast, and there might be some that say, hey, they ain't talking about hooping, so I'm going right. to shut this one down, which yeah. is fine. Either, actually, we are talking about hooping. They just don't realize it. <laughs> 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 Message. <laughs> that was deep. That was deep, Stu. You know what? I think we're going to end it on that note. Good. That was <laughs> <laughs> And listen. I want to thank everybody, as always, for, for your support and, and listening to the podcast and all the different interviews and the feedback that we've gotten. Thanks again to Stu Holt for not only being on here today, but all his uh, help with the production of the podcast. And listen, we've got a lot more to come. We've got a lot more podcasts to release. I think a lot of good stuff. Uh, we're going to get through from now until... The start of the season, we'll, we'll finish up with season one. Season two is going to be great. We're going to get back to a lot of Bearcat content and some more interviews. Stu, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And as I always say, go, go Bearcats. Bearcats. Good. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's> go. <laughs>